Before we get into the latest current events, I'd like to begin by talking about the first things that went through my head this morning when I woke up at around 6.30. First of all, and very notably, I woke up curled in the fetal position, curled up like a ball, underneath the quilt that my mother made for me. Very cold. It's definitely time to break out the down comforter. My whole body was underneath the blanket. Like, it's just kind of like taking shelter in my own bed. I, I, I don't remember the last time I woke up like that. And on my mind was something that an older friend told me when we spoke last night. She was born and raised in displaced person camps after the war. Her parents survived the camps. And she mentioned that everyone in the camps was severely wounded, blinded, missing limbs. That's where she spent the first years of her life. And then when I looked at my phone, a message had come in overnight from a dear friend, Judith Margolis, out in Jerusalem. And she shared with me an excerpt from a beautiful collage that hangs in her home. She's an amazing artist. Wow. And at the top of the image are these drawings of phases of the moon. And then underneath that is the following text written in her cursive script. Certain religious sects warn against gazing at the moon for fear of becoming mesmerized or even, God forbid, committing idol worship. I reject the notion of any danger in availing myself of the moon's beautiful wisdom. Still, the warning is inherent in Hebrew the very language of spiritual searching. The root letters, Zain, Hey, Leish, which form the word Zohal, signify brightness, luminosity, and splendor. An identical combination of these root letters forms the word Zeirut, meaning caution or providence. The word for light itself urges us to take heed really poignant, especially this week with everything going on. Hi, you're listening to October 7th, Emotionally Raw coverage from Door Comet and me, Amy Sapan. It's November 30th, around 1.30 in the afternoon. We're here in Door's apartment in Tel Aviv on a beautiful, sunny day. But frankly, it doesn't really feel very sunny, not with the latest news coming in. This morning at the entrance to Jerusalem, there was a terror attack. Three people were killed. Another six were injured in a shooting at a bus stop at the entrance to the city. Also this morning, a heavily pregnant woman was stabbed to death. Her unborn child didn't make it. And also this morning, 
the truce that was slated to expire at 7 a.m., well, it's going to continue because of a last-minute deal. Hamas is engaging in sick psychological warfare. And this week has really been a lot of highs and a lot of lows jam-packed together. That's one of the reasons I think Judith's message was so on point because there's so much light this week. The release of hostages, including 85-year-old Yafa Adar, a Holocaust survivor and also a Hamas survivor. So that's incredible. And we're so happy and we're rejoicing with the families that are reuniting. And at the same time, there are still so many people in captivity being held under anything but reasonable conditions, as so many people online would like to suggest. Families have been separated. It's incredibly dark. The stories that are coming out from some of the people who have been released are truly sick. 12-year-olds being kept in solitary confinement, being forced to watch the videos of the horrific, horrific attacks from October 7th. Stuff that some journalists still haven't even seen. Like, just insane. They were apparently threatening to kill him every time he cried while watching the videos. One of the Thai people who had been taken hostage was released and he said that he saw Hamas terrorists torturing other people with electric cables. Apparently there was almost no food being fed to anyone over the past few weeks. Like we're talking like a tin of tuna for four people to like share, maybe some rice if you're lucky. They weren't allowed to shower. It's been seven weeks. Like it gets darker and darker and darker than that. Not to mention that they're just like they were GoProing. October 7th, they're filming the last moments of captivity with these obscene propaganda videos. We can see people getting released as hordes, mobs of people gather around for the handoffs to the Red Cross. And some reports were that during some of these um, handoffs, you know, like people in Gaza were throwing rocks at the vehicles and, and the, the hostages themselves didn't know if they were going to be murdered or released. Like nobody's telling them. And it gets sicker and sicker and sicker. Like it just doesn't end. And then you would think, but honestly, I don't even think that it's possible anymore. Like I, <laughs> why would I be surprised that people are like, oh my God, look at the Hamas. They're so nice. Look how nice they are helping that old woman out of the van. Like, look at that combatant. She's just like, she's being so friendly. Like, it's just insane. I don't even know. One of the hostages was released with a dog, which was really their family's dog, which was surprising to all of us. We were like, wow, they're really going through crazy lengths to like, up their PR game. Like they 
killed so many dogs and pets on October 7th. And then I'm sitting there watching the news and one of the teenage girls who was released is holding her family's like Shih Tzu. And it's like, it's so incomprehensible. Like, I don't even understand that. Like everything is just surprising from all directions. A little point of humor though. Some people on social media were joking about how the dog's name was Bella, like Bella Hadid. So I thought that was <laughs> kind of savage, but also it's okay. You can let yourself laugh sometimes. Do you get this too, Dora? Like sometimes when I'm like in conversation, I'm just like really thinking about what you're saying. And then I, I'm not thinking about what I want to say. So I just like forget certain things. Like in the last episode, you mentioned how you came over for lunch this week. You're like, oh, I finally came over. And then when I was listening to the episode, I was like, of course he finally came over. I wasn't even living at home the first five weeks. Like I just forget these things. Like we had a whole conversation on Monday when we met this week and it was like, but are we living in a war? But is it a war zone? But like, is it peacetime? Like how quickly we forget. I wasn't living in my house for five weeks. I was totally freaking out where I was having like panic attacks on the daily at the beginning. And it hasn't even been two months since all of this started. It's just unbelievable. Like what we ourselves, like we go through stuff and then in, I guess it's like a, a survival instinct or just as a desire to live and move on and like focus on the positive that I've released these uncomfortable bits. Like I'm, I'm just trying to move forward. This is the Israeli secret sauce, I think, to be able to forget anything. Denial. This is the, our secret sauce. It's interesting, you know, the stages of grief. And we'll revisit this again later, I'm sure, in another episode where, I more, where I'd like to more carefully prepare that. But there are so many stages of grief, you know, like shock and denial and acceptance and coping. And I was reflecting on maybe whether, not that there's anything acceptable about anything that's going on here, but maybe maybe this week amidst all the highs and lows and chaos, I've sort of come to terms with the fact that this is, this is our reality, at least right now. And in that space, it's like, well, if I come to terms with that, how do I want this to feel? It's something that we've been talking about in recent episodes how how to like stay abreast of the news how to keep your finger on the pulse of everything going on and also stay grounded also kind of stay detached i don't really know in terms of where the future is going to go it's a conversation we've been having over the past week of course there's lots of episodes i'd love to do and we're in talks with a few guests and lining them up and i'm excited about all that stuff most critically for me is I'd like to be able to sit in this chair and talk on the mic and 
be somewhat balanced or feel somewhat balanced. That's a goal for me. I know it's like, might sound bizarre, but I, I want to feel grounded. I don't want to get on the mic and do like rants and, and, and rage out that anger stage. I'm sure it'll come back. You know, it's not like healing is linear. It's definitely messy and chaotic. And I, I might very well in a week or two, get on the the mic and just be like, you know, but that's the moon I'm shooting for, I guess. I, I really want to feel collected, at least. So you bought a piece of paper with list of stuff. I brought in um, talking points, not written by hand and printed and even stapled. So, so I'm excited to hear mm, what you have to say there. Wow. So let's start from some of the more silly news. Because I think after that, you know, pacing-wise, musician M.I.A. dropped something that I wouldn't venture to call a song on Instagram last night. It was painful to listen to, not only because of its on-brand messaging, but also literally. It was difficult and painful to listen to. It felt glitchy and tortured, and I felt tortured mainly listening to it. It was like um, the, what's it called with the, when you press the button? Lupo? It was kind of a looper, like a sample pad, and it's like free, 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 pop, 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 Palestine. I was like, oh my god! Thank God she dated Diplo when she, who Seriously? produced some of her first uh, best-selling I albums. Which song we're gonna sing in the end of the episode? <laughs> I fly like people get high like. Save some. I'll save. I'll save. I'll save it for later. All right. So Cynthia Nixon, who we brought up in episode eleven which we recorded back on October 19th, calling her out back then for an Instagram post, which was like, I support everyone, blah, 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 like very equivocating bullshit. Um, so she's hunger striking for a ceasefire this week, which is funny because I don't know if anyone told her, but technically we were having a truce. So it's very confusing. And I tried watching her video where she spoke about it. But it was also too painful to watch because she picked the windiest location ever, had it outdoors with, I don't know, it was just like windy Cynthia Nixon. And it's like, you sh- don't you know better than to, I don't know, I couldn't get through it. It was just too, you think you have misophonia? I, I definitely suffer from painful sounds as well. Speaking of women, not supporting women. Shout out to the UN Women Agency dedicated to protecting women around the world who took more than 50 days to even acknowledge the horrific sexual violence on October 7th and then retracted their statement. And can we just mention UNRWA for a second? Everyone's like, oh, UNRWA, they're attacking UNRWA. Well, guess what, guys? A report came out last night. I think on Channel 12 News here in Israel, that one of the hostages says that he was, are you ready for this door? He was held hostage by a UNRWA teacher. 
You heard that right. He was held hostage by a UNRWA teacher. I need a Hebrew translation for everything. What is UNRWA? <laughs> what the fuck? Who is he? One of the hostages okay. was held hostage in the attic of the house of a UNRWA teacher. Like What is UNRWA? UNRWA stands for the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian Refugees in the Near East. That UNRWA. The one that they're always saying like, oh my God, peacekeeping people have died. And then we're like, we literally found a copy of Mein Kampf in a UNRWA school. And everyone's like, no, it's United Nations. Mm. Shout out to the Dandelion King over on Instagram for suggesting in, in one of his more recent reels that maybe it's time we defund the UN. I mean, after all, the United States is bankrolling about 20% of the UN's annual budget or something. And we really see how, how much, you know, of a great investment that's been. I don't think they've condemned what happened on October 7th yet. Like straight up, just completely wild. New York Jewish Week reports that two people have been charged with a hate crime in New York City. Forget this, they assaulted someone who walked by as they were tearing down posters and she called them out and they proceeded to just beat her up, tear her Star of David necklace off of her, throw her on the ground and then run off. And now they've been charged with a hate crime, which is encouraging because as some of our listeners may recall, Paul Kessler, who was murdered in LA a few weeks ago, he was peacefully protesting and holding an Israeli flag on the sidewalk when someone beat him upside the head with a megaphone. So in that case, alleged assailant, attacker, murderer, I don't know how you want to call this person, but was not charged with a hate crime with some of the media outlets reporting that Paul Kessler died because he fell on a sidewalk. I said enough with news. Okay. Now let's speak. Okay. Put the paper on the side, speak from your bottom of your heart. What's going on? 10 minutes left. I'm not waiting for anyone to give me validation anymore, officially. It's something I'd been working on before this all went down, but now it's like really, there's no turning back on it. Like, I'm just letting go. People that I really admired, I no longer admire them. People that I really valued, like I valued their perspectives, their opinions, whatever, they're no longer a part of my life or my landscape. And I don't think that I'm going to wake up in a month from now or two months from now with this feeling that it was all just like a bad dream and those people saw the light and they made a mistake. And maybe that's okay. Maybe I had invested too much of my time and energy thinking about other people, you know? And people are talking about like, oh, the end of the war and, and let's go back to our normal life. I... I'm not going back to any, anywhere. I'm moving forward. 
and I'm not waiting to get to the end of the war to move forward. It's like, I'm accepting some things are gone. Some friendships are not going to restart. I don't, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Like what could possibly happen in two months? People are going to be like, Oh my God, I had it wrong. Now I saw the footage. The fucking footage has been there since day one. You're just speaking about connection who relate to October 7th or to people's perspective, perspective about the situation. No, because, you know, this isn't my first time living here when there's war going on. And it's not like, you know, I made Aliyah in 2011 and I remember going over to have a drink with one of my best friends from high school. This was down in South Florida. And um, I met his wife and she just started digging into Israel. She was like, I can't believe you're going to go live in this like apartheid state and all this stuff. I've never seen him since. I haven't seen, like we were best friends in high school. I haven't seen him since. Like sometimes I like his stuff on on Facebook posts, but, and we were both like the ethnic kids, you know, like his dad's Indian, his mom's like from Chile. He was born in, in Europe. Like we were both, you know, the ethnic kids on the, the all American white swim team. You know what I mean? So maybe they will it, broke up and he will make the call. I know. I just, I think it's, I saw one TV series about the same thing. Platonic the, with Seth Rogen. Very maybe. different, totally different. No, no, that something <laughs> else the, with the um, actor from Love. You, you watched Love? I did watch Love. It was a little painful, but I kept watching. So another th- something in Apple TV. I feel like it's platonic. Like I, You're I, talking I, about like I, Seth Rogen and the and I the. I already heard about it. And anyway, it sounds familiar. Anyway, I'm just saying like same old story. The girl comes. She have now. It's always the. I'm sorry, yeah, but it's all, always the girl that you, you can say in Hebrew, the fact the vibe, Kilo. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like the girl, like, she you make, know what? She making the faces. She will split the band always, you know? I can't. It's never the boy. So the girl, now she's like anti-Israel. In a few years, it will be okay. Or maybe they broke up. Who knows? I don't know. If but... you hear us, dude. I know you want to have like a shlom bite, a piece at home, but sometimes your friends are much important than your partner. I think you're saying don't put puss. I think you're saying don't put pussy on a pedestal. I remember years ago where. Facebook was under a lot of heat. It was after the Cambridge analytical scandal around then. And they were like, yeah, our motto is like, do stuff, apologize later or something. Or that was one of the revelations that came out. So maybe that's like, maybe that's the way of the world now. People just like post stuff, say stuff. Then like, oh, I didn't mean it. or I did or whatever the fuck. And I'm, I'm over it. Like not every apology is one that I'm going to need to accept. And I'm not going to sit here and wait for these apologies. And people are like, well, what's different? Are you becoming more right wing now? Are you waking up? Are you, what's going on with you, Amy? Like what's different for me this time in the face of an unprecedented biblical level event, which includes acts of horror so atrocious that, you know, 
journalists who cover conflict zones and world leaders say they've never seen anything like this, is that in the midst of all of this, yes, there's a lot of gray in the world. And I really don't think that it's as simple as good and evil, but there is a very clear moral line separating what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in the world that we want to live in, in the world that we want to continue to create. And I can't have people in my life or close to me or that I'm like aspiring to, to impress or do whatever that don't see that that's, that there's a clear division there. I don't want people in my life that are so tolerant that they tolerate hate, violence, torture, rape. I don't, I don't want that. That's unacceptable to me. So I've changed. I don't see how we're going to go back to anything. I, I'm nervous. I'm really nervous for this, this truce. The end is, is approaching, you know, it's, it's extended now for a few more days, but Blinken is here because the truce end is looming. Gantz said yesterday in a statement, make no mistake about it. We're doing the exchanges now and this pause in the fighting, but we're going to come back and the war is going to be back on. And I shudder to even talk about this out loud, but the, the hushed whispers amongst people here are that that phase of fighting is going to be very different, more challenging, more difficult, with possibly more loss of life. Anyway. I fly like paper, get high like planes. If you catch me at the border, I got visas in my name. If you come around here, I make them all day. I get one done in a second if you wait. I fly like paper, get high like planes. If you catch me at the border, I got visas in my name. If you come around here, I make them all day. I get one done in a second if you wait. Sometimes I think sitting on trains. Every stop I get to, I'm clocking that game. Everyone's a winner, we're making our fame. Bonafide hustler, making my name. Sometimes I think sitting on trains. Every stop I get to, I'm clocking that game. Everyone's a winner, we're making our fame. Bonafide hustler, making my name. All I wanna do is boom, 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 and I take your money all i want to do is anna and take your money all i want to do is anna and take your money all i want to do is anna and take your money pirate skulls and bones sticks and stones and weeds and bones running when we hit um lethal poison from the for the system yeah Pirate skulls and bones, sticks and stones and weed and bones running. When we hit them, they the point of No one on the corner has swagger like us. Hit me on my bonnet. There you go. There you go. One, two, three, and. No one on the corner has swagger like us. Hit me on my bonnet, prepaid wireless. We pack and deliver like UPS trucks Already going to hell just pumping that gas No one on the corner has swagger like us Hit me on my burner, prepaid wireless We pack and deliver like UPS trucks Already going to hell just pumping that gas All I want to do is 
do is Anna and take your money. All I wanna do is Anna and take your money. All I wanna do is Anna and take your money. Thank you, Shema, Jonathan Gall, Maya Schlesinger, Dork Comet, I'm Amy Sapan. Thank you to our loyal listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed our conversation and want to stay connected, there are a few ways you can do that. Follow us on Instagram. Our handle is October 7th, the podcast. For more behind-the-scenes content, updates, and sneak peeks into upcoming episodes, we're just getting started, and we'd love for you to be a part of our growing community. For even more exclusive content and to support the show, consider becoming a patron over on our Patreon page. Your support can help us continue bringing you quality content, and you'll get access to special perks and bonus episodes as a thank you. And if you have any thoughts, questions, or just want to say hi, shoot us an email at october7thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from our listeners, and your feedback means the world to us. All the links and information can be found in our show bio. Thanks again for being a part of our podcast community. Until next time, stay curious, stay safe, and stay tuned.